Turn with me, please, to 1 Peter, the first chapter, 1 Peter 1. We began some weeks ago on a series we're calling Precious in His Sight. Precious in His Sight. In 1 Peter 1 and 18, I'm reading from the New Century Version. NCV. It says, you know that in the past you were living in a worthless way, a way passed down from the people who lived before you, but you were saved from that useless life. You were bought, not with something that ruins like gold or silver, but with the precious blood of Christ who was like a pure lamb, pure and perfect lamb. Thank you, Lord. We says you are bought with the costly blood, highly honored blood, the lamb without blemish and spotless, the blood of Christ. So it's possible, obviously, from reading this, to live a useless life and a worthless life. But those of us that have believed on him and been born again, those that are seeking his plan for our life and pursuing it, have been delivered from wasting our life. What a precious thing that is. Uh, Been delivered from worthlessness and uselessness. You can see this whole passage he's talking about. When when you hear the term precious, it means costly, valuable. And he's talking about, you know, contrasting it from worthless and useless. We are not worthless. We are precious, very valuable in his eyes. We need a revelation Of how he sees us. To get a revelation of this. Is to get completely free. From all insecurities. All feelings of inferiority. We talked about in some detail. If you haven't been with us. You can go back and get the previous messages. Won't cost you anything. Go online. Download them for free. But we talked about. Who are we? Who am I? What am I? I went into my past a little bit and talked about, you know, who I was born to, where I was born, what my identity was in. You know, one of the things uh, Phyllis was acknowledging, the youth a moment ago, and one of the big things uh, with youth, uh, children, small children don't think about these things very much. But when you hit the teenage years, you really are seeking to find out who am I? What am I? What am I going to be? And a lot of young people absolutely experience crisis after crisis. And that's where sometimes people do weird things. Because they're trying to distinguish themselves from the rest of the pack. They're trying to find some kind of a distinguishing, identifying thing about themselves that would make them unique and valuable among the billions on the planet down here. 
And uh, with some people, it's, uh, you know, they, they begin to find out maybe they think they're a little better looking than somebody else. So that's their identity. Maybe they have uh, athletic ability. Maybe they're bright and intelligent. Whatever the case might be, people usually gravitate towards something that they feel like that they're a little better at than somebody else. And then as they get older, as life progresses, if they have some success in that area, then they're identified maybe by where they live, what they have, if they're the VP of the company or or whatever the case might be. But the the problem with all of that is it can be taken away from you. Just like that. You can lose your looks. You can lose your athletic ability. You can lose your house, your money, your stuff. You can lose the position in the company. Come on, are you with me? And if you do, or I should say, when you do, (laughs) who are you now? What are you now? Because if all your identity was in that, And in those things, you will experience a crisis of inferiority and a sense of uselessness and worthlessness. But the truth is, that never was what made you valuable. What makes us valuable is who made us and who loves us and what he paid to get us. Last uh, week we we went into some detail about what determines the value of a thing. What determines that? uh, I mentioned an example of just, and actually not too far over here, Phyllis and I, oh this has been months ago, were eating at a restaurant and uh, this little car pulled up. I knew it sounded very distinctive and I talked about it last week. It turned out it was a McLaren P1. And I didn't know what it was, but somebody, uh, or, or several of the guys came out of the restaurant to look at it. And they said, somebody said, oh, this is a P1, this is a P1. And somebody said, what, do you know that thing costs $1.3 million? And this lady came up later and asked me, do you know what that is? And I, I said, well, he said, it was this. She said, 1.3, oh, and she went on to this big tirade. She said, there's no way that little car is worth that. And that's when the Lord prompted me, he said, well, to him it was. She's wrong. Maybe to her it's not. But to him it was. He gladly, the reason I say gladly because I learned out later, there's just a small limited number of them. And so people were lined up. People were standing in line to pay that 1.3 for that little car. Not everybody got one. So he was glad, or they were glad to exchange that sizable sum of money for that little car. And you might say, that's crazy, that's crazy, that's crazy. It's not worth it. If it wasn't worth it to somebody, they couldn't sell them. If it wasn't worth it to somebody, they couldn't ask that price, much less get that price. No, you're just wrong if you think it's not worth it. Because to them, it's worth it. And what we need is a revelation. The enemy has continually been lying to you and me since we came into the earth. That we're nothing. That's why there's such a strong push to believe the theory, for instance, of evolution. Because it is a demeaning, devaluing belief. 
If all I am is a highly evolved animal and there's another 7 billion of me on the planet and we're just an insignificant speck in the universe to start with, what am I? What's my life? What do I matter? And that is the, that's the implication. Even though people may not want to acknowledge it, that's where you wind up with. You really are insignificant and of little or no value. But it's a lie. I said it's a lie. It's not science. It's a belief. Species do not change into another species. They never have. They never will. Fish don't become birds. They don't. They never have. They never will. The reason I'm saying, I'm, talking about, I'm, I'm quoting from 1 Corinthians 15. One kind is not another kind. They're different kinds. God created us. Not like all the other animals. We, he created us in his own likeness and image. And Adam was called the son of God. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. And yes, we have a lot in common with uh, animals that are on the planet. And yes, all animals and all plants are amazingly adaptable. Yes. And change throughout time and with their environment. But that's no proof that one species becomes another species. And the people that say it's, a, it's science are just kidding herself. It's a belief. It's a theory. And the same thing with what people want to believe about space and the universe. No, God made this planet special because he made us special. It's made just for us. Come on, do you believe it, saints? And we are precious, very, very valuable and costly in his eyes. Silver and gold couldn't buy us. The scripture said, Psalms talks about it, that the value of a soul ceases forever. There's not enough money in all the world to pay for one soul. And when you begin to believe the truth, you begin to see how important it is to God that we be saved. As far as we know, in this vast universe of which we have no idea how big it is. I mean, we have no idea. No idea. <laughs> they, they said, uh, you know, our telescopes have gotten better and of course, our, our exploratory satellites and those kind of things have gotten much, much better. And uh, not too many years ago, they launched a new one, and they pointed it at an area of space where those that studied these things had decided there wasn't too much there. And they left, you know, they, they, they were able to capture light. Oh, man, they saw solar systems and stars and galaxies far beyond anything. that We have no idea how far this thing goes. That's God. That's reality. This is not a figment of someone's imagination. That's there. We're a part of it. That's him. That's who he is. You want to get to know who God really is, what he really is? Look at the creation. Stare across the vastness of space. Begin to get an inkling. And as far as we know, There's no other ones like us 
anywhere. We are, we're not in the angel class. We're not in the animal class. Somebody says, you know, somebody died and somebody said, well, the Lord needed another angel in the choir. They didn't turn into an angel. That's like a fish turning into a bird. It's not, no. And it would be a demotion. I said, it'd be a demotion. We are created in the creator's image. Hallelujah. And some said, yeah, but there's, there's 7 billion of us on the planet right now. No, not 7 billion of us. What do you mean? Believers. Believers and those that submit to him and love him and will be faithful to him, I believe is so rare and precious throughout the universe as to be the highest value and treasure to God himself personally. So much so that when it came, when, when man lost himself, and only way God could get us back was to redeem us, buy us back. There was only one thing that could buy us. Only one thing valuable enough, costly enough to buy us. And it was and is the blood of the Lamb. Why the blood? Because the life is in the blood. We're talking about the very life of God himself because Jesus had no earthly father. And this has forever set our worth. Somebody might look at you and say, there's no way they're worth a hundred billion dollars. There's no way he's worth, she's worth a trillion dollars. No way, no how. Well, they're just wrong. Because God paid more, much, much, much more than that for you and I. Hallelujah. And that has this what determined my value before I got a new car or learned how to hit a baseball. Come on, are you listening to me? Or learn how to figure out some math. And that is also what was make me valuable after none of that applies or anybody cares. My value has been set. My worth has been established by what he was willing to pay to get me and keep me and you. And when that dawns on us and we see that and we believe that, we will be completely free from all sense of uselessness or worthlessness or inferiority, insecurities. You know who you are. You know what you are. I'm his. I'm the apple of his eye. I'm his beloved. I'm his rare. Peter says peculiar, but that means rare, special, purchased possession. Mm. You believe it, saints? You believe it? It changes your life when you believe it. Somebody said out loud, I have, have not been redeemed 
with corruptible things like silver and gold. I've been redeemed with the precious, costly, beyond measure, blood of the Lamb. If you're willing to exchange one thing for another, then you must esteem them to be of approximate equal value. Or else you're you're not willing to pay a million dollars for a two dollar item. (laughs) Because you're no fool. Right? How many would agree? You do not pay a million dollars for a two dollar item. Do you? Do you? How many? Come on. Now, you guys, you should be responding a lot stronger because I know a lot of you, you watch that dollar and you, you're no way. You, you watch it. You watch that thing close and you're like, no, no, no. It's not worth, you know, $95. I might pay 92. And yet, you know, it's worth 150, you know. But you're definitely not going to pay a million dollars for a $2 item because you're no fool. Well, God's no fool. I said God's no fool. He didn't pay more that's ever been paid in the the universe for you and I, and you're not worth it. Now, you you got to use your faith on this one. Say it out loud. I'm worth it. I'm worth it. Somebody says, no way. To him, I'm worth it to him. This is indisputable. He paid it for me. So that establishes my value forever. I'm worth it. I'm worth more than billions, more than trillions, more than planets. Those that love him and believe in him and instead of rebelling against him will submit to him and instead of betraying him will be faithful to him. We are exceedingly rare throughout the universe. And he loves us with an everlasting love. We are his special treasure. And he was willing to pay everything to get us and keep us. And he did. And he has. And we are. Somebody say, I'm his, I'm his. He bought me. Is that right? I've been bought with a price. I've been bought with a price. And it was a huge, they don't even say it, gigantic price beyond measure. That's what makes me valuable. And I had that before I had anything down here, once I got born again, and I'll have that after any of it and all of it's gone. That won't change one thing about what I'm worth and who I am and what I am. That's why when all this is gone, even this whole earth, the Bible said the heavens and the earth are going to melt with fervent heat. Everything down here, including all the precious metals and all the cars and houses, going to be gone, gone, gone. But then far after that and beyond that, there's going to be a vast group of us robed in white. And even the elders in the throne room of God in Revelation are saying, asking, asking John, you know, who are these? Who are these? <laughs> who are these? 
Who are these? They're not angels. Certainly not highly evolved primates. Don't believe that stuff, friend. Don't believe that. It's not science. Go back to the origin. Look, go back to the people that are that have truly researched some of these things, and they'll be honest and tell you it's an unproven theory. That makes it a belief, not science. It's not science. Don't make it a science versus religion deal. That's another lie. It's a belief versus belief. <laughs> nope. I believe Genesis. I believe John. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And God said, let there be. And it was. And it is. And he created you and me. Just like himself. I know we don't look exactly like it now. Our bodies have been affected by the fall. And by the curse. And the aging process is going on. And all these things. But uh, in fact just go to 1 John. Let's read it in his words. 1 John. 1 John 3. Mm-hmm. What a difference it makes when you realize how much he loves you. When you realize how important and valuable you are to him. It makes all the difference. 1 John 3, verse 1. Behold, what manner, what kind of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Again, we don't know what that is. We're going to find out. We can find out more about it now, but we're really going to find out about it after this life and after, after this is over. Because we are not just going to sit on a cloud and play a harp. <laughs> All kingdoms will become his kingdoms. And we shall rule and reign with him. Because he has loved us and washed us in his own blood and made us kings and priests unto our God. He made us somebody. Somebody say, he made me somebody. I'm somebody. Not, Not just for a few years on earth. In the eternal kingdom of God, you are a son, and that means male and female. You are a son of God, not an angel. And you, Jesus is the king of kings and Lord of lords. And he's made you and I kings and priests. We are the kings he's king of. In the eternal kingdom, there won't be any of the kings of history that you've heard about ruling and reigning unless... They're born again and his king. You and I have been made something, made somebody. This is just faith school for a few years to get us trained and tuned for what's coming next. Everything we learn about loving him, submitting to him, 
being led by him, using our faith, operating in authority, transfers to what comes later. Every bit of this. Every bit of this. And the rewards, hallelujah, will last forever, the scripture says. You know, when you believe this, you lift your head just a little bit higher. You'll carry yourself better. Because you're not a nobody. You're not a nothing. Behold. Look. What kind of love. The father has bestowed on us. That we should be called. The sons of God. Therefore the world knows us not. Because it knew him not. When Jesus came. The perfect lamb. Never did anything wrong. Always pleased the Father, always told the truth, always did what was right and good. And people hated him and rejected him, came to his own, his own received him not. They didn't know who he was. So it's no shock, they don't know who we are. Amen. Come on. That's right. But they're going to find out who he is because he's coming back. And he's not coming back to the manger. <laughs> he's coming back. Like the lightning comes from one side of the sky to the other in power and clouds of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you know who he's going to pick up? You know who he's going to pick up when he comes back the first time? You and me. From every tribe, every kindred, every nation. The faithful, the redeemed, those that believe and bow their knee to him, you and I are going to be caught up together with him in the air. And so shall we ever be with him. You looking forward to that? We should be looking forward to that. There are no words to describe that I know of how that's going to be, what that's going to be. But what we're doing right now is the briefest thing we'll ever do with the Lord. A thousand years is like a day. Well, he sees it correct. He's experiencing it right. We're the ones who are off. Our time perception is skewed. And so to him, if you live a hundred years, what percentage of a day would that be? A tenth. To him, that's like we were here for a tenth of a day, which our time here around our sun is 2.4 hours. So we're here for a couple of hours. If you make it to a hundred, you're only here. For a couple hours. God time. I'm convinced. Our loved ones that are already in heaven. If we live another 50, 75 years. And then go to meet them. We're going to get there. They're going to turn around and go. You're already here? I just got here. Like an hour ago. 50 years. This life is not all there is. Don't just live for this life. Don't live and act like this is all there is. 
We're just getting started. This is our training. If we'll obey him in this sin-filled, curse-filled world, he can trust us later. Is that right? If we will obey him and follow him in this situation, he knows he can trust us. So we got a few years to demonstrate that we trust him and he can trust us. But the thing is, the majority of human beings are not doing that. It makes us rare and precious and valuable. When he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. You know, we're going to see him in his glory. And at that same time, if you read the scriptures, we're going to be glorified. So we're going to go. I'm like him. I'm like him. I'm like you, Lord, I'm like you. He's going to say, I told you. I told you you were. I told you. (laughs) It it does not yet appear. It doesn't look like it now. And because it doesn't look like it now, because of our bodies and their sad mortal condition, (laughs) Philippians calls it vile. (laughs) It's kind of nasty. But it's temporary. Somebody say temporary. Very, very temporary. Very, very. <laughs> and But we know when he shall appear, all that's done. And we will be like him. We'll see him as he is. Go back to the second chapter. And the 15th verse. He said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, this doesn't encompass all the meaning of the word love. But for our purposes in this study, every time you see the word love, think value. Value. Don't value the things of the world. If any man value, or another word you could use is treasure. If you treasure the world, the treasure of the Father is not in him. God, so John 3.16, for God so loved the world. Okay, put that word in there. He so what? Valued treasured the world that he gave he was willing to give the greatest treasure he had his only begotten son showing how much he valued us now the world unsaved ungodly world has a completely different value system from God We read this in Jesus talking to the leaders of the Jews. He said to them, talked to them about being covetous. And he said, the things that are 
you know, held in high regard by men are an abomination to God. He has a completely different value system. Down here, ungodly people, they value position, possessions, power over people. Right? Their ungodly people are very willing to sacrifice people for me to get power. To sacrifice your life to get what I want. That's because they don't know what's valuable. Their value system is completely skewed and off. Because if we see ourselves... The way God sees us, we're going to have to see other people the way he sees them too. And if we love him, what the Bible say? Didn't you love your brother too? Is that right? If you love him, you love your brother too. Skip over to uh, the fourth chapter. 4 and 19. The Lord dealt with me some years ago, and I I made the adjustment in my life. I recommend it to you. I stopped using the word love relative to things. I don't love my car. I don't love my house. I don't love clothes or jewelry or machines. I don't love an airplane. I love God. And I love people. I shouldn't use that word on things. They're not valuable enough to love. Again, substituting that word for love, value. I treasure my car. Why would you treasure it? I love my car. I love pizza. You should not love pizza. You should not love your car. It's a hunk of metal and plastic and rubber, and it will never love you back. You care how much you hug it and caress it and wax it, it will never care for you. And it is very temporary. It's just like a gallon of milk. It's rusting as we speak. (laughs) Huh? Don't care. How about it's a it's a one point three million dollar car. It's still a car. It's just a car. You shouldn't love it. If you do, your 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 value system is wrong. Now I know that most everybody would nod their head and agree with this in church. But Christian people that have been in church for twenty years and longer are suing each other. Is that because they value each other above everything else? No, they value that money. Brothers and sisters are having falling outs over the inheritance. Not speaking to each other for decades. Suing each other. Come on, are you listening? Why? Because the truth is they do not value them more than the money. They value the money and the stuff more than them. And they're willing to put them in difficulty to get it. They're willing to put them through stress and pain to get it. 
And it's a fool thing to do. Because nobody's going to keep any of this stuff. (laughs) Is that right? And if you have faith, what if they did get something that should have been yours? God can give you ten times that. Easy. If you have faith. Isn't that what Abraham did? Him and Lot's people were having strife. And and he came and said, uh, you pick whatever land you want. And I'll go the other direction. We can't have the strife. Why, why would you be so adamant about can't have strife? Because people are important to you and how they're doing and whether they're stressed or whether they're in trouble or not. You're willing to sacrifice if it'll get that stress off of them. Because people are precious to you. That means you're thinking like God. That means your, your value system is, is becoming more like his. Well, Lot picked all the well-watered land and out near the desert, that's worth more than gold. What did Abraham do? No problem. Enjoy it. Is that right? Why? Because the man has faith. He believes no matter what Lot does or doesn't do, God's going to take care of Abraham because he is his covenant friend. And it wasn't long after that, the Lord told Abraham, look all over. I'm going to give the whole thing to you. Look all, look this way, that way. I'm giving it all to you. And he did. But it takes faith to do that. People fight because they don't have faith. Somebody say, not me, not me, not me, not me. I care more about people than I do possessions or position or power. Don't love the world. Don't love the things that are in the world. The desires of the flesh, of the mind, the pride of life, the desire of the eyes. All this is so temporary. Do we have to remind ourselves of this daily? We, we need to remind ourselves of this daily. 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 What's important? Love God and love people. Especially your brother. What do you mean, brother? Did you know the commandment is to love your brother? Now that's your fellow Christian. That's the one who's born again. You know, if you can walk in love with people at home, you can do it anywhere. Is that right? Oh, it's easy to love people you don't know and never see. Oh, I just love them. Never met them, but whoo. First John 4, are you there? Verse 19. We love him. Now help me. Put the word in there. We what? We value him or we treasure him because what? He first valued us and treasured us. If a man say, I treasure God and hates his brother. Now, by contrast, if love is treasuring, what's hate? Hate is seeing as worthless, not caring for, not valuing. If you don't value your brother, he's a liar. For he that loves doesn't value his brother, whom he has seen, how can he value God, whom he's not seen, or treasure God? 
If I do care about God and treasure him and care what he thinks, and he tells me the most precious thing in the universe to me are those that believe in me, the faithful. And if he tells me that, and I look at my brother, and I don't care about him, but oh, I love you, God. <laughs> well, no, if I love him, I care about what he cares about. Any parents in here? You love your kids? What if I treat your kid like dirt? But I'm like gold to you. I love you. I treat you wonderful. But I kicked your kid when he was down. Are we okay? Are you sure? Huh? (laughs) I would be much better off swapping them. Is that right? I mean, if I didn't give you the time of day, but I helped your child, right? If I helped your child, you love me now. Is that right? Well, the father's no different. He loves his kids. All of us. All of us. (laughs) How can God value us the way that he does? How can a holy, pure, perfect God love you and me and value us above everything in the universe? How? (laughs) How can he look at you and look at me and all the stuff we've done and the stuff we hadn't done, all the failures, all the mistakes? The ugly stuff, the sin, distorted stuff, evil stuff, and love us like we're talking about. See, that's what the enemy tries to work on with you. He'll try to say, no, God can't even hardly stand to look at you because he is pure and perfect and holy and knows everything. And you are sad. (laughs) No, 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 no. You know how? Because he's looking at something you're not looking at. You remember what the Lord told the, the prophet Samuel? When he told him to go anoint one of Jesse's sons to be king. And they had the prettiest one and the tallest one come through. And he said, that's not him. And the next one, that's not him. Next one, that's not him. And finally, they run out of boys. They, they, now, they must not have thought too much of David. They didn't even bring him in. Is that, they, they didn't even bring him in. He's just the kid, the, the, you know, the kid that's dead eye with a slingshot. How many of a kid like that with a slingshot probably has busted things he shouldn't have hit? Is that right? He probably shot the lights out and shot at the neighbor's dog. Come on, are you listening? <laughs> and what he does, he goes out with the sheep. He's out with the sheep. But he said, no. He said, that's not him. It's not. I told him all the ones it was not. And finally, he said, we're not going to eat till he comes. So they had to send for him, wait for him to get there. He comes in all disheveled, sweaty from running, smelling like sheep. Does not look. Like what you're looking for, for your future king of the nation. And the Lord said, get up. 
Anoint him. This is him. Why? Because the Lord doesn't see as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance. But the Lord looks on the heart. This is what God sees when he looks at you and me. He's not looking at all the junk and all the failures. He's able to look past that because of the blood of the Lamb. He saw somebody, even in our sin, even in our disobedience and rebellion, somebody that would at some point say yes. Millions on the planet will not. They never will. But he knew at some point you and I would say yes. We would bow our knee. We would believe him. We would be willing. And he loves that heart. Oh, hallelujah. He loves that heart and was willing to pay whatever it took to get that heart. Because he knew he could work with us. He knew. Maybe we don't look so hot right now. You take a look at us 500,000 years from now. Past all the frailty of the flesh. Past all the ignorance and lack of knowledge. Past all our sins and failures washed away by the blood. Gleaming and shining in white robes as a king. Come on, are you listening? We don't appear that way now. But we shall be. We will be. And he knew he could get us past all this. Get us beyond all this. Hallelujah. And that throughout the ages, we'd be his. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He'd have a group of people that wouldn't rebel against him. No matter how much he blesses us, no matter how much he gives us control over, he'd have a group of people. If the devil uh, ever tried or if any other kind of being ever tried in some kind of distant future situation to tempt us, hey... We were on the earth. We know what sin does. We lived in death and curse. You are not going to get me to turn against my God. Not now. Not a million years from now. And that is precious to him. That's precious to him. Can you say amen? How can a perfect God, a pure, holy God... Love us like that? Treasure us like that? Because he's not looking at this flesh. He's not looking just at all this temporary world earth stuff. He's looking at your heart. Now he tells us, this is my commandment, that you what? Or value, treasure one another as I have treasured you. How can we do that when they are such an annoyance sometimes? <laughs> huh? Huh? When they don't even try to do right. When they're just being aggravating on purpose. 
and keep messing up and doing the same thing 300 times. How can you value them like that? Anybody listening? How? 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 The same way he does it with the same love he has. He put it in us. Come on. He put in us the ability to have faith like he does and the ability to love like he does. This is God-like ability in us now. We have the ability to love like God does now. Hallelujah. I didn't say to the extent of the measure he can, but it's the same kind of love. It's his love. Didn't the Bible say the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost? What does that mean? That means I got the ability to look past all your junk (laughs) if I'll choose to do it by faith and say, hey, God, if you love them, if you picked them, If you chose them, then you see something rare and precious in there. Is that right? And if you say it's there, then it's there. It's there. And if you can look past my junk, I can look past their junk. By faith, is that right? And even though they're not acting like it nor looking like it, I can esteem them eternally valuable. Is that right? Precious beyond measure. And you know what? If you start treating somebody like they're valuable and important, they will begin to rise to it. There's a handful of people in my life that I will forever be thankful to because they they let the Lord minister to me through them. They saw things in me I didn't see. They saw ability. They saw value. They saw character. And they treated me like that and called that up in me and called it out of me and it made me begin to think am I? Can I? (laughs) Hmm? And begin to consider it and begin to take a step to do it, to be it and here you come. As soon as you do that you meet the power of God because we really are and we really can. Somebody say I'm his. He's mine. I'm precious. In his sight. Oh, hallelujah. Go to James with me in closing, I think. I don't know that we ever did get to page two, but we got to page three, so that's, we skipped page two. <laughs> James chapter five. The scripture says in Luke and Matthew, where your treasure is, That's where your heart will be also. So what you treasure shows your heart. Well, how many understand if I spend all my time treasuring cars, that shows a problem in my heart. If I'm willing to hurt somebody in order to get something I want on my car, I don't know what's important. I don't, I don't realize in a few more days I'm going to be gone and these cars are going to be gone too. And I'm acting like this is the most important thing in life and I'm going to do this forever. I'm acting like a fool. Where my treasure is that shows my heart. My heart's going to be right there too 
with the things I treasure the most. The Bible said if you be risen with Christ, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Things that last, things that are eternal, not on things that are temporary. Said out loud, everybody, everybody needs to say this. Said out loud, I don't love things. I can have things. I can use things. I can enjoy things. But I don't love them. They don't have a place in my heart. Is that right? I don't love cars. I don't love jewelry. I don't love money. I don't love houses. I don't love land. I don't love boats. I don't love airplanes. I don't love stuff. Watch yourself. If you begin to say, I love it, and it's a thing, catch yourself. Say, no, I don't. No, I don't. I like it. I enjoy it. I use it. I don't love it. Love is precious. It's valuing. It's treasuring something highly. Real love is reserved for God and people. I love God. And if I really love God, then I have to love what he loves. If I really care about him, then I treasure what he treasures. You know what he treasures? People. His people. Above all, in uh, James 5 and 7, the same exact word that's used in our text, talking about the precious blood of the Lamb, is used here in this verse. See what it's describing. He said, be patient, therefore, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. Behold... The husbandman, or the farmer, waits for the what? Precious Precious fruit of the earth. The word precious here is the exact same word used talking about precious blood. Precious blood, precious fruit. He was willing to give the precious blood to get the precious fruit. What is the precious fruit of the earth? He has long patience for it till he receive the early and the latter rain. Be you also patient. Establish your hearts. Hearts. For the coming of the Lord draws nigh. They were convinced it was close centuries ago. You can see it in the writings. You know why? Because it was. So I said, yeah, but it was 2,000. You mean two days. Two days ago. (laughs) If we said, it's going to happen Wednesday. Would you say, oh, that's a long, long time. Wednesday? How many know if it's happening Wednesday, you better get your little self ready. Is that right? Wednesday is going to be here before you know it. We just got Monday and Tuesday. Two days. So they were right. Well, if they were right two days ago, (laughs) it's certainly close now. Close. His coming draws near. What's precious? What does he care about? This whole heaven and earth is going. And the Bible describes what's happening. This whole thing from Adam 
to us. The creation of this planet, this solar system, all of it has been God desiring a harvest. Amen. He created the first human beings. He wants a people, not servants, but sons, family. Hallelujah. He wants sons he can trust that love him. They're not doing something just because what they can get from him, but that genuinely treasure him and treasure each other. And he wants somebody to share his vast creation with and his vast riches, all the things he wants to give us, all the things he wants to do for us and with us and by us. We really have no idea. But the scripture says throughout the ages to come. He's going to show the exceeding riches of his grace toward us. Hmm? You talk about mind blowing. But it won't blow up your mind. It'll just expand it. And enlarge your heart. Hallelujah. Until it's vast. Your capacity to grasp and understand and experience and receive and joy and faith and love will spread out like the ocean horizon. Hallelujah. Like the sand of the sea, like the stars of the sky, because you are the sons of the living God. Woo. Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.